back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the big talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post. Welcome to Pass the Post for Sunday, March 28. Thanks for your company over the next hour. We're going to look back at what was a wonderful day of racing at Rosehill Gardens yesterday. Five Group 1s, of course, spearheaded by the Golden Slipper. Mike Maxworthy's with me in the studio. How are you, mate? Good, thank you, David. It was a, a sensational day's racing at Rosehill yesterday. Um, you mentioned the Slipper won by Stay Inside. And there's, there's always a great story, or a good story, let's, let's say, mm. a good story behind every Golden Slipper winner. But I think yesterday it was a great story. Um, we saw so much raw emotion after the race, trained by Richard and Michael Friedman, ridden by Tommy Berry. And I think it was the connection of Tommy's late twin, Nathan, um, that, that sort of struck a chord with a lot of people. Nathan was riding for Michael Friedman in Singapore when he fell very ill and, and, and later passed away. So it was a sad day on that front. And, of course, then there's that other, the, the unique story, unique um, with the Friedman brothers. Collectively, they've now won five golden slippers. So it was a remarkable result for them yesterday. They had that wonderful run in the 90s, of course, when they were under Lee's name as the trainer, but they all played a part, and uh, it was another chapter to be added to a, what's a very rich story yesterday. Uh, we're going to listen to the Golden Slipper, and, of course, uh, the, the other racing was great. Wasn't it, after all the hoo-ha and drama last week with meetings being called off and wet weather and the like, yesterday was on, you know, reasonably good track, Wonderful weather and great racing. And I felt, taking nothing away from, from stay inside of the slipper, the slipper's always a great race in itself, but the clash again, this time very elegant, beating a Dave. I think many people will mark that down as the highlight of the day, just from that raw racing point of view, that that clash again mm. and that, that, that titanic struggle in the struggle. Well, not so, so much a struggle. Very elegant was always in front, but we always thought in the corner of our mind, could it happen like last year, a day of fights back? So it was a wonderful yeah. race to watch. And I think um, James McDonald's ride was just superb. Mm. It was just a typical old-fashioned wait-for-age tactical battle. We know, and even watching the race, a Dave is the more dour type, whereas Very Elegant's got a little bit more dash about her. And I think James must have been thinking, you know, what happened last year. And I think he was sort of half waiting a little bit longer just in case he was going to fight back like he did yesterday. He didn't actually go full bore until the last 100 metres and she was uh, clearly too good for him yesterday. And then we've got uh, round number four coming up in a few weeks yeah. at Randwick. So far 2-1 to uh, a day, but uh, that could be levelled up on Queen Elizabeth Day. That was the Randvent. Of course, we'll relive the moments of the, the Rosehill Guineas, the Galaxy... Uh, as well as the George Ryder. They were the five group ones yesterday. Let's get cracking and let's have a listen to the Golden Slipper. He sets pretty on Profiteer at the 350. Now Bowman starts to feel for him as Stay Inside is starting to cut him down and Stay Inside moved up to Profiteer. They beat off Home Affairs and then came four moves ahead but Stay Inside is shot clear inside the 100 metres and he's going to win it in a romp. Stay Inside fallings clear from the fast finishing Animo and Stay Inside Tommy Berry wins his third golden slipper. Animo second, Fado third ingratiating and four moves ahead. Artorias late on the scene. Then came Captivon from Home Affairs. Mallory, Profiteer, couldn't see it out. Then Queen of Wizardry from Glistening. Rocket Tiger, Shakiro and Kalashnikov. Yes, Tommy Berry, of course, already riding overreach in Vancouver to Golden Slipper victory. This time, stay inside. Had the right gate, had the right form, right in the market. And if you're on it, 
it's never an easy watch, but it was a fairly painless watch. Yeah. Um, Vancouver from a wide gate was obliged to race wide, but yesterday from barrier three, I think uh, he was a big push for him since the barrier draw when he came up with gate three, stay inside. But if you're on him, I reckon 100 metres after the start, we could see that overhead chopper shot and he was just trucking beautifully into perfect spot. There's often a lot of trouble going around that first bend at Rose Hill, but he escaped any of that and he was just trucking up on the outside uh, uh, and did look the winner, I felt, a fair way from home. Certainly did. Uh, Godolphin providing the second and third place get as Animo. What a run. What from, a run. Well, outside gate from last. And I think Rachel King was fairly bullish post-race when she said, uh, I should have won the slipper. But well, well, man, have a look at the final sectional. He sprint up the running. The, the last 400 metres was just um, just incredible with Animo. And ingratiating was third. And I thought Artorius... Um, I thought he was super too, the Blue Diamond winner. He had to come from last, but his sectional splits last two, four, six hundred metres must have been exemplary as well. Yeah, exactly. Four moves ahead. Uh, she was honest in fourth. The other main fancy, in fact, Profiteer ran the slipper favourite. Uh, I think a post-race report said, Jockey might have said, uh, uh, Hugh Bowman was just all too much for him. He needs to harness that, that yeah. energy that he's got. It's hard to lead all the way in a golden slipper. It's a high-pressure race. I mean, he looked to be travelling OK, turning into the straight, but um, it's just so hard to lead all of the way. And I think you're right. He's just got to, he's just got to come back a notch or two, which, which he will in time. Mm. Tommy Berry can't be with us this morning. He's going to join me on Press Room tomorrow morning. We'll have a good chat with him, not just about the, the slipper victory, but about the... The, the, the Friedman-Berry connection, as you outlined at the start, it is pretty special, and he'll be able to talk more about that tomorrow morning on Press Room, so keep that in mind as our special guest. We'll go now to our next replay, and this was the race we were discussing at the top of the show, the, the Group 1 Ranvit, where Very Elegant exacts revenge on a day in what was a spectacular struggle up the straight. Coming to the turn, Angel of Truth, just the leader from a Dave under the pump. Very elegant, a half length away, and two for the back to Colette. Boy, Angel of Truth giving a cheeky sight, but now a Dave and Very Elegant, they're getting serious. Very Elegant, a Dave in their own race, laying it down to Angel of Truth, but Very Elegant, she put the head in front. What's a Dave got? He's coming back. The gloves are off. They go toe to toe, blow for blow. Very Elegant, ahead on a Dave. He's trying, but she's going to beat him. Very elegant, wins the Ramberts. She reversed the result of last year, beat a Dave. Angel of Truth third, Sir Dragon A next. Then came Colette from Master of Wine, Natoya, Miami, Bound and Cliffs of Moore. She's done it. She certainly has. Uh, it was what we were waiting for, what we were expecting, and they delivered. There could only be one winner, unless it was a dead heat, but it wasn't on this occasion. And Very Elegant had that margin over a Dave at the finish. Yeah, um, a, a terrific performance by her and uh, in particular uh, Chris Waller. I know Chris has the stock to deal with, but she came to him as a very, very progressive horse, but she also had some issues, David. She was very unruly back in the early days and, um, you know, uh, developing her into a stayer. They needed to iron all of that out, correct it, and they've just done it so wonderfully well. And she's got an extraordinary CV now. I thought maybe a little bit unlucky not to win the Melbourne Cup following her victory in the Caulfield Cup. She's now got truly international form around her. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it all bodes well now for the for the Queen Elizabeth. Well, one of the part owners of Very Elegant, what a great uh, thrill this would be, is uh, Glenn Climo, uh, Climo, and he's joining us now online. Glenn, good morning. Congratulations. 
thank, thank you very much. A little bit slow, little bit slow this morning, though. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine you would be. Now, just give us the background. Where are you actually? Where do you reside? And where did you watch the race yesterday? We watched. Uh, we we um, we reside in um, in Gisborne, in um, um, New Zealand. But we watched the race of a lot of um, a bunch of friends in Rotorua last yesterday afternoon. A little a little hotel where they um, um, they follow her quite a lot. Little cabin. So we thought we'd go we'd go there and watch it with a lot of friends, which was a a great um, a great evening. Went well into the evening. I bet it did. I bet you rocked and rolled. Tell us how you came to be involved in this this champion mare. Well, basically, what happened was um, my rugby coach, who um, bred bred Ali, um, Don Goodwin. He asked me would I like to take a share on it when we were. Um, um, he was um, putting shares out here. No one really wanted to get involved with it to start with, so he put a syndicate together with um, about five of us, to, uh, which we bought Ali with him, with him and raced Ali with him, and we raced her in the Savage colours. That's the that's Don's colours, um, the red and blue, which were our rugby team um, back in Auckland. Glenn, why, why were people reluctant to take shares in her? Now, she's by Zed, who I understand um, he had pretty good statistics as a sire, from a Dan Road yeah. mare. Was, was it the fact that um, she wasn't, you know, uh, too fashionably bred? No, I, I don't think that. It was basically um, Jamara Bloodstock, which is um, the late John Carter and the, and the Carter boys, Mark and um, John, um, they had um, they owned Zed, and Don had a share in Zed, um, and that um, basically um, only had uh, about three races, and actually was going to favourite for the New Zealand Derby when it broke down at the Waikato um, Guineas, and they've always had shares in Zed, um, and Don had two free services a year for Zed, so that's how it all started. And he's Don's always gone down the the line of the eight carat line and the, the, the hobbyist breeder, um, and it just comes through. But I think it was just at the time where the fashionable thing in New Zealand was to go and join a big syndicate, one of the um, biggest stable type things, and like he was a um, just a a, a, a owner really to to breed by himself, and he had a horse called he's got a horse called Very Flash as well. That's the older brother, um, and that was racing um, and doing quite well. But I think Ellie, Ellie, Ellie's just a freak. It's um, yeah, um, that's probably the best all, way to describe right it. Right from the word, right from the word go, the first two races or the, the first race she had, and like very uneducated and um, but stormed home. That's where the ability come, and then um, the offers started coming in for her. And we actually sold. Um, we kept 25% and sold 75% to Darren Weir um, with the Jamara, the Jamara boys. And that's how they got That's how the um, Jamara bloodstock got involved. Um, to, I mean, they, uh, it's a same it's a story, really, over here. It's a, our racing club and um, um, the, one of the, the, the Jamara boys, they had um, another Z horse which won the um, Everdale Cup about three weeks ago. So... Um, but I think it's just one of those things. But she is she's just a basically a freak, and I think everyone knows what a, her racing manners were to start with. And Chris and when Chris um, got her and James McDonald done a hell of a lot of work with her. Um, 
just with equestrian work and getting the head down. And Chris always said, I can remember what Chris said after the Cox Plate when she failed the Cox Plate. He said, let's get her on a float, get her back to... Um, Get her back to Sydney, and it's yeah, you know, she's going to be a lot better, a lot better horse. And then he's and that was when she was a three-year-old, and then a four-year-old. He said five and six were going to be a years, and um, so he's had trouble trying to keep weight on and keep her weight on everything. And from last year to this year, she's 30 kg heavier, which is basically all muscle, I would say. Mm. I'll throw a few stats at you. You talk about being a freak, so that was her 13th win from. 28 starts. She's won eight at Group yep. One level, and she's won nearly eight million in prize money. Surely that'll, that'll right. be surely that'll be enough for her to be for the horse of the year. Well, you'd think so. Um, you'd think with what she's done this year, and um, and not only David that, like she's won over 1400 metres as well. Mm. And if you look at her running the Melbourne Cup, like it's a, the quickest um, 600 metres home, and. Yeah, Mark Zara just yeah he he and that was another thing I think with um, um, with with the COVID thing and then Mark put the, the ride up and um, back in, in Melbourne because of the travel situation and he did a great job on him and yeah he would be the one the first and then he just got too far back in the Melbourne Cup um, and she's you know she stormed home but she just doesn't know when to say no it's just it's just the versatility you know she's um, the, the, the plan was really to, to try and one of the aims this year was to defend the Tancred title, but I don't think that will happen now. I don't think she, she, she he won't back her up next next week. I don't think it's, it's Chris's call anyway, but I think he'll put her away and just work slowly on for the, the big aim now is the, um, the Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, that, that's interesting, Glenn, because uh, yeah, after being beaten last year, she went to the Tancred and she strolled in yeah. by four lengths over the 2,400. Yeah. And then maybe she was a little bit too dour because he sort of yeah. beat her yeah. easily, didn't he, at Randwick? And 24 yeah. back to 2,000. So do you think Chris is looking at that this year? Well, I think, like, the other thing, too, was, um, and, you know, she's not an easy horse to ride. Um, and 100 out of 100 for James's ride yesterday, you know, we knew yeah, he jumped yeah, she's not a she doesn't like horses around her. Um, doesn't like get getting to she likes to get into her own rhythm. Um and you know, James got her out of the the first time she's drawn one and she got her got her got her out and actually in some ways forced a deep a lot further along before he got, actually got in. Um, and then he pulled back probably better length and just let it draw yeah, there was a better length distance between here and that you have a horse in front, just to let a jog along. And then, luckily, he got um, at 600, he got the gap to, to go wide and that's, you know, go around the outside. Um, in, the Queen Elizabeth, in the Queen Elizabeth last year, James wasn't on her as well. Nash was on her. So it takes a bit for them to, to learn some of her quirks and what she does. And everyone thinks she's pulling, but she's not pulling. She's, you know, she likes a long reign. And... Uh, um, yeah, the Tanquit would be, um, that was, as I said, was one of the things that she wanted to defend, but I think now he might. Her fourth start, her fourth start, she usually one of her best starts. So, yeah, so um, I think that's, he'll probably flesh him. Look, I haven't spoken to, to, to Chris um, today, but all the time she said she pulled up well. Um, and James said she'd, she was still strong at the line. So, um and the, the, we were waiting for a, a little bit. We we're hoping for a bit of a a track on the, the softer side, the, the firmer side of um, soft, really. So 
when you your dad would like the the heavier track to get into, you know, really get into it. But as he said, he's yet to be the best to beat them. So, and um, I think he'll probably he'll probably be able to prove from the run as well. So, bring on the Queen Elizabeth, I would say, and let them have another crack at each other. Take take us through your mindset of the last four hundred metres because this race actually turned out like the script suggested. The two best horses were in for the rematch. They were in for the fight again. And it was it was uh, a titanic struggle in the straight. You yeah. always had the edge, like, margin-wise, but did it obviously go through your mind? You thought, don't tell me this is going to happen again. When, the big thing was uh, when he was on the rail, I thought, was she going to get out mm. of about 700 to go? And then she got out. And then I saw Deeb... Um, he was going for it on the corner. He was really riding it really deep hard. And James just seemed to pop up and didn't go to the didn't go to the front. He waited till he straightened it up and then he got on a level turns, but I was reading his comedy, he thought, Oh, here we go again. He thought they were gonna battle off down, but she's a stronger horse this year. She's definitely stronger. She he said he you know, like James Regan, she eyeballs the other horse and then just says, Well, come and get me <laughs> And he like he felt he felt her underneath again go you know and put her go to another level, but just it was a bit like the Chipley Norton. She just seems to eye them up, and then that last that last hundred metres, she just you know she definitely knows where the line is. Well, it's a one, one a wonderful story, and it's a story that's not over yet. So I suppose the only thing we can say is enjoy the ride, mate, and thanks for your time this morning. Once again, congratulations. Yep. Okay, thank you very much, and yeah, we. Uh, um, she's done us proud. We just hope with this COVID thing we might be able to, I don't, you know, we're waiting for our steam leader to say, well, we don't have to quarantine when we come home. We might be lucky. They might get across and watch the Queen Elizabeth. We don't know. We're expecting an announcement, I think, it's on the 6th of April. So we'll see how we go. Well, think, fingers crossed. Thanks, mate. Fingers crossed. Thank you for your time anyway. Very good. Pleasure. Great, great interview. Glenn yeah. Climo joining us this morning. And uh, it's been a wonderful ride, hasn't it? Oh, it's been extraordinary. And, um, you know, maybe um, this is going to continue. As you said, Chris was all, always of the opinion she was going to be better at five and six. So Dragon was okay in the race yesterday. Uh, the market after the race saw a day of stay at $3 for the Queen Elizabeth. Very elegant, naturally firm, five into three fifty, and Sir Dragon they firmed up uh, twenty one into fifteen. But from uh, uh, the ATC's point of view, doesn't it set up now wonderfully for this uh, rematch again on on the it's like a tenth fix. of April? I think it's like like a fix for us racegoers. We must watch that race and. It's just sensational for racing, as um, Greg was saying at the track yesterday on Sky Thoroughbred Central, the difference between the year. Remember, it was the start of COVID. Mm. There was no one there, five group ones. Uh, but all of the emotion and the excitement was certainly there yesterday. It was back. The spelling of the mayor is very interesting. Mm. Maybe they did that one night at the Gisborne pub as well, late into the night, because um, <laughs> it's rather <laughs> unusual spelling. It Very is. elegant. And obviously her name to Glenn is Ellie. Ellie. Yep, absolutely. That was the Ranvet. That was uh, uh, one of the great group ones yesterday. Let's go now to the George Ryder, often uh, an important uh, lead-up to the Doncaster. Here's the replay.
Dawn Passage is the leader. Beat off Samad out. Dreamforce gets the chance on the inside. Mizzy working into the clear one pace. Then Gem Song. Dreamforce has railed hard. Dreamforce races to the lead at the 100. There's a wall coming. Think it over out of the pack. Dreamforce, think it over. Avilius charging at the end. Think it over in the setup with Avilius. Oh, good go here. I think think it over. Think it over. Went to Dreamforce and Avilius wide out. Followed then by Cascadian. Uh, further back to uh, Gem Song. Not beaten all that far from Samadout. Then came Dallas and Funstar, Star of the Seas, Colding Dawn Passage, Mizzy and Juna Powell. Think it over or win it. It certainly did, and it was a rough result. $26, Glen Boss riding. That was weight for age yesterday. 59 drops to 52. Mm. Uh, exempt from any ballot and uh, no re-handicap either. So it sets up nicely, doesn't it? Yeah, and Glen Boss goes okay into Doncaster. <laughs> like, he's going for eight Doncasters when he rides this fellow, so there's a lot in his favour. And it was a blanket finish, wasn't it? They used the whole Rose Hill width of the track there. I think there was only a length covering the first four, Cascadian right down the outside, but... He just got a beautiful run through, didn't he, Glenn? There was plenty of room to get through, strike the lead, and he was too good. And it must have been a, a massive thrill for, for Kerry Parker. F for me, watching the race, it was great. You know, whenever you see a like a provincial, um, a, a, not a provincial trainer, but trains at a provincial centre mm. or country centre, come to town on a big day like Slipper Day and win a Group 1, it just gives you... You know, it just gives you um, that little bit extra excitement. Well, Kerry's on the line now. Kerry, good morning. Congratulations. And I was just saying before uh, we introduce you that it sets up really nicely now for the Doncaster. You would have been delighted with yesterday's result. Oh, absolutely sensational. Um, you know, I've probably got to thank the stewards for moving the carnival back because <laughs> the, uh, the George Ryder was never really on the program. You know, I was happy to go three weeks into the Doncaster, but uh, all of a sudden when everything got moved back, well, then... Uh, the, it was uh, perfect for me to uh, have a run in the rider. It's one of the great races, the George Ryder, as you know, Kerry. Uh, 1,500 metres group one. It's the right form for the Doncaster handicap. Your guy, you know, had the weight for age, the 59. What sort of a chance were you giving him going to Rose Hill yesterday? Uh, going to Rose Hill yesterday, I thought if he could finish within, you know, uh, finish really close to them, uh, you'd be thrilled, you know. Uh, I was sort of looking at it as a uh, as a lovely little lead-up barrier trial, really, into the Doncaster to know that, um, you know, he's going to drop seven kilos from that uh, onto the bigger track at Ramwick. Um, uh, the, I went there realistically thinking, you know, he, he's going to run really well. Uh, last time he met these guys, they did beat him seven lengths. Uh, but I knew he was a lot better horse now than what he was when he ran against these guys last time. So... I, I, I thought he'd run really well, but uh, I, I never went there thinking that I was, uh, you know, going to going to win the race. These bookies, Kerry, they'll wake up one day, they'll start respecting him. He was fifteen dollars in the Craven Plate last year, which you won. He was fifty-one dollars in the Liverpool uh, City uh, Quality when you won first up, and again yesterday at twenty-six dollars. They'll wake up soon. Yeah, well, I'll see. I think he's second to second favourite now for the Doncaster, but. But that's fine. I, I had a little something on him at 200 to 1 when they first opened up. So so we've got a little bit of value again anyway. 200s in the Donny. Wow. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's what he was if you were quick. And that, But if, had, he, had he sort of run fourth or fifth, what sort of a chance would he have been getting in the, into the Doncaster? Well, that's, we would have had to wait and see. I think I was yeah. sitting like, you know, that sort of... I, I had him about 20th, 21st, and, of course, what wins the prelude comes on top of me but there's a 
few that, you know, uh, after the weekend's racing, we, we were going to get a little bit better guide to find out where everyone was going, you know, like uh, um, uh, it was down to, uh, you know, relying on people heading a different direction and letting me get in, so to speak, you know, with the 52 kilos where now we don't need to worry. We're, we're in and it doesn't matter what's in, uh, what else is in there now, we're, we're, we're in. Kerry, am I right in saying that you didn't actually start with this race or we didn't start his career with you? No, no, he was uh, he was trained in Sydney before me. Um, he'd won a uh, he'd won a maiden at Goulburn when I got him. Kerry, he's he's got a a lovely staying pedigree. He's by so you think from a Zabiel mare called Personal Service. He's won up to two thousand. Just looking at his form at a glance, he seems to be very versatile distance wise. But now that you've had him for a while, what is his best trip? Uh, to me, I think it's that sort of mile 2,000, you know. Um, uh, when, when when he arrived to me, the owners were hoping that they sort of had a, a, a horse that maybe he could go on a Melbourne Cup preparation, you know. Um, but I, I think as we've we've gone along with him and he's matured and grown up, he's, he's uh, you know, he's settled into that sort of middle, middle of the range, that mile 2,000, really nice. So um, not saying that he won't run further, you know, but... Um, uh, I think where he is at the moment, there's some lovely targets, so uh, happy to keep him at that. That was your second group one, of course, here in Queensland. We remember you well as training Dark Dream. I think it was the derby of 2018 when it was run at Doombin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was lovely to get that one out of the way, but it was a little special to get that one yesterday too, that's for sure. Kerry, yeah. what about back in those days? Now, you knew once uh, Dark Dream won the derby, Hong Kong were going to be, you know, putting in offers to buy him. And um, when he when he left the stable, were you gutted? Were you thinking, maybe I won't get another Group 1 sort of horse again? What was the feeling? I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody ever thinks that they won't get one again, you hope. You know, you you wouldn't be training, I don't think, if you didn't think another good one was going to walk in somewhere. Yeah. You know, you got to. Uh, we're all we're all insane that train racehorses. You know, you you just do what you do, um, waiting for that next one to come along and uh, trying to trying to find one. You know, um, that, that's what we do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, exactly. Here he is. It's uh, it's happened again. So wonderful. Great story. Just keep pulling that ticket out, mate. Look at that 200 to 1. <laughs> Just keep looking at it, mate. Just go to bed every night and have a look at it and say, it's a day closer every time. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Well, now it's alive anyway. Until then, you know, it, it was just there. Where now it's definitely alive. So, no, nah, really good. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your time this morning. No worries at all, guys. Speak soon. Uh, good on you, Kerry. Very likeable fellow. I remember I used to do a few provincial meetings at Kembla yeah. and um, went out with Kerry and Wayne Harris and Matt Hill one night at the gong and just a wonderful person. Everyone gets on really well with him. By the way, Dark Dream, um, he'd only won two races in Hong Kong. Didn't have a lot of starts there, David, since being retired. I don't know whether he's returned to Australia or what, but um, he wasn't anything sensational when he went up to Hong Kong. So Tab Fix did react after that race in terms of the Doncaster, uh, thinking over 26 down to 13. Someone's got 201, though. Mm -hmm. Dreamforce, 51 to 15, courtesy of its second. On the other side, Funstar went out 9 to 15. Just finds it hard to win, doesn't she? Yeah, it's interesting, as I mentioned, only a length covering the top four. Um, but we, we're getting back to a handicap when the Doncaster comes around. So... Uh, uh, we've got to take all the weights into consideration. Yeah. Well, there's a seven kilo drop there, yeah. 59 down to 52. Is. That was the George Ryder. Let's continue our look at Rose Hill Gardens yesterday, and we're going to go to the Group 1 Rose Hill Guineas.
Into the straight now, and Quay Quay lays it down to Grand Slam. Two after the Eleonora. Wheelhouse is running on from Sky Lab. Mawunga down the outside, and Lions Raw looking for a little gap. He hasn't got much room, and Mawunga's building up the revs wide out. Going with Sky Lab. Wheelhouse, Lions Raw, Leighton Bonifilia. Mawunga got to the front. Mawunga from Sky Lab. Mawunga, Sky Lab sits Mawunga just in front. It's Mawunga's guineas. Mawunga just beat Sky Lab, and the Philly Bonifilia third, followed by Lions Raw and Wheelhouse. Further back to Quay Quay from the Eleonora. Then a grand slam from Milford. Luna Fox, the Cullinan, book arrest and here to shock. Well, many of you don't know personally Producer Dale, but you know of him. He's been good today. He organised that interview with Glenn Clymer with Very Elegant, a big tick there, and he tells me the pronunciation, and he should know he's a Kiwi, yeah. is Mawanga. He's an all-blacks all, all player, is that right? Thumbs big, up. Thumb, big thumbs up from Producer Dale. Good on you, Dale. Mawanga. Mawanga. He's got a great Kiwi pedigree being by Savabil from an O'Reilly mare. And what about his effort last start, David, when second um, second at Randwick in the Guineas there behind Lions Raw? That was extraordinary Ooh. to do what he did in the group one. Badly held up, off balance coming around heels and zipped home two strides to their one. Mm. It doesn't always work this way, but you see a run like that, good thing beaten, and you say, well, that'll win next start. They don't always do, but yesterday it went to script. And I believe um, he was one of the best back runners anywhere across Australia yesterday. I think everybody saw that and they, they threw that theory out the window and said, well, this will just win. Well, he only just got up, but still it was a, a terrific performance. He's only had a handful of starts, uh, seven starts now, so six going into it. From that Guineas at Randwick, the mile to the 2,000. It was a testing mile too, David. They they um, they really hooned along early. The leaders got a stitch. And I think the last 600-metre split tells us just how much pressure early was on. A mm. uh, 36.95, so almost 37 seconds. So the back markers were really getting home strongly. Annabelle Neesham's first group one won't be her last, and she did it pretty swiftly. Tommy Berry, big day, slipper. Uh, winning on Moanga, but a uh, bit of a bittersweet victory this one for Tommy with the whip situation. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, first and second there. That was interesting. There's only a long head in it, David, and um, um, Tommy and uh, James were deemed to have used the persuader on too many occasions. Tommy was given a $5,000 fine and two weeks, mm. which is quite steep when you consider we've got the tank route and then day one of the championships, but... Um, I'm not sure what the appeal system's like, but I'm sure there, there'll be an appeal of some description. And James McDonald, um, he was given a $4,000 only for overuse of the persuader on the runner-up there. So it's interesting. The stewards are really clamping down on this. Remember, this time last week I mentioned... Um, the meeting at Eagle Farm last Saturday, Ooh. the stewards fine, I think, six or seven riders in Brisbane, collective amount of something like $2,900. So they're fair dinkum on, on stamping it out and, and uh, the jockeys have got to abide by the rules. The Group 1 Galaxy is the last replay coming up for Rose Hill Gardens yesterday. We saw Eduardo deliver a breathtaking performance to come back and beat Nature Strip in the Group 2 Challenge recently. 
Here he was in the Group 1 Galaxy yesterday, but still set out at generous odds around $6. And another As they straighten up, and Eduardo is the leader by a length and a half. Jonker ran in a bit, followed by Yeezy Eddie. Fabagino's had enough. Aubrey on her, four off the lead, starting to run on together with Tayer. But Eduardo's going great guns at the furlong. Eduardo, two, three lengths in front from Jonker. Then Aubrey on her, late on the scene as order of command. But Eduardo's run them ragged in the Galaxy. What a performance. Eduardo brains them. Order of Command second. I think Dirty Work Nick third. A nose in front of Jonker. Then Aubrey on her and Wild Ruler. Further back to Easy Eddie Taylor from Fiesta. Splintex Jungle Edge. Then Bella Bella Fabagino. And the Odyssey was about the last to finish. He's rising eight, Eduardo, but he's only had eight, only had 18 starts. That was his seventh win. He's, of course, with Joe Pride, and Joe's done an outstanding job with him. And again, he was just simply too fast and too good for them. Yeah, it was just an amazing display of sustained speed with this fellow. Um, you don't often see the galaxy, the margins in the galaxy, David, three and a half lengths by two and a half. But I guess it doesn't really come as a surprise because his effort at Randwick uh, when he beat Nature Strip coming through along the inside of Nature Strip was, was extraordinary, clocking 55-2-0, that record at Randwick. Mm. So it wasn't really a surprise. But as you say, um, what is a surprise is that he's, he's rising eight years of age and every start that he has, he's seemingly getting better. And he ticks all the right boxes. He's good, good in the uh, the dry, good in the wet, and uh, he, he's in a, just a, a, a rare vein of form. He goes to the T.J. Smith, and well, certainly Tab reacted to that. Fifteen dollars down to seven. Of course, uh, he ran in the Everest last year. He just went too fast, I suppose. Yeah, it just all, all came unstuck, and he, he got beaten a long way. But that run overall, you've got to say, is out of character to what Joe Pride's done with him. Yeah, um, that was, of course, a very stiff test over the 1,200 metres. So Joe's only had him for seven starts mm. um, for four wins, and the best is perhaps still to come with this horse. It's just extraordinary. And I was just thinking about Joe Pride and Red Oog, you were mentioning earlier. I wonder whether um, Joe's considering a Doombin 10,000. Remember he won it with Red Oog? Mm. That was about 16 or 17 years ago. I reckon that was one of... That may have been Joe's first Group 1. Uh, it certainly was one of his earliest Group 1 victories. Uh, but it does raise the, a broader point that I was going to bring up, and you've brought it up now. So the, the TJ Smith will be run in a fortnight's time. That's April 10. The Dooman 10,000, I think, is on May 15. So what's that, about five weeks away? It will be interesting, you know, a horse like Eduardo, would uh, Connections contemplate just extending him out? Because Nature Strip has been considered for the race as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. That news came through um, with Stephen on Racing Active during the week that they're, they're dead set keen on bringing Nature Strip. And these are, these are sort of older geldings, David. They haven't got to pr um, protect their... You know, their record uh, for eventually going to stud. So, um, yeah, there's every chance we're going to see, you know, horses of this calibre, um, Nature Strip, Eduardo. It'd be great to see them come together in a wait for age 1200 at Doombin. It would be remiss before we finish off looking at Rose Hill Gardens yesterday, not to mention Isotopes winning the first race. Great result for great result for Queensland and a great result for Tony Gollard Connections. Tony's having a wow of a time. He's just hand-picking the, the right races. Yep. He's won twice with Crone. He won with Isotope. Jonker ran third in the Galaxy, a good game run. And uh, looks as though she'll have one more run in the arrow field and then be put away for the spring. We wonder what might have been on Magic Millions Day in the Guineas at the coast. I've got an idea she... She, she might have won. She, I think so. She might have won. Um, 
yesterday in the opening event, the Derby Munro, apparently Tab went up $6 on mm. Wednesday. She got in as short as 2.9, ended up running at $3.50. And just a cool, calm, collective ride by Ryan Maloney. He just had her in a perfect trailing position and he waited for the runs. There were, I think, a number of runs in the straight. It was a matter of um, which was his preference. And uh, when he drove her through, although it was only a narrow margin, a long head, uh, I think she was just warming up, David. Right on the line was the best. And worth pointing out, that was a good race. That was an above-average Derby Munro. The horse that she beat, Odium, of course, was the Caulfield Guineas winner. Strong horse, and she's running Odium down. So a lot of merit in the performance. And as we said, a great result for Queensland. We won't see her in the winter, but we'll see her in the spring. Uh, Favourite Moon and Realm of Flowers, they Quinella the Mannion Cup. As a result, they both firmed to equal favourites for the Sydney Cup. I think Favourite Moon was 15 into 7 and Realm of Flowers was 11 into 7. Uh, Polly Gray won the opponent and the other race of the day was the last, the birthday card won by Seasons. Karen McAvoy riding. Great day of racing at Rose Hill yesterday. Let's take a break here on Past the Post. Enjoying your company this morning. Plenty more to come. We'll have a look at Dooman next. The Post on Radio Tab. Niner Aventa at Doomben yesterday. Of course, um, go back to Tuesday. We were looking at a heavy temper. We had some good drying days and Doomben is a track that really, really is suited to that sort of weather. We ended up as a soft six. I think we were down to a soft five later in the day, but it was a, a track that didn't affect the chances of any run-up. One of the more interesting runners of the day was Vanna Girl. She reappeared in race five, the pitcher partner's handicap. In the morning, she had a two against her name price-wise and ended up with a three against her name. She was a notable drifter, out to 370. Let's hear how she went. In the home straight, though, Constant Flight leads away. The sprinter's well and truly on. Vanna Girl is running on generously. Alexa's still there and Cloak also putting in. Constant Flight in front. Vanna Girl on the outside is trying hard. 100 left to run. Vanna Girl getting the upper hand. She's too good. She's too classy. Vanna Girl, a great first up win. Beat home Constant Flight, Cloak and Alexa fourth. Then Agassi, followed by Love You Lucy and Yulong Shengwe last over the line. I've always said to Michael Maxworthy, class carries you a long way. You know that, don't you? You you carry it well. (laughs) You carry it with distinction. I I should have known yesterday. I was just a little bit unsure on a number of things, but class did clearly come to the top there. Well, here's a man who might be able to help you out with those questions. Trent Edmonds in a training partnership with his dad, Toby, is our next guest on Pass the Post. Trent, good morning. Morning, David. Good morning, Michael. How are you both? We're well. I'm sure you are as well. Now, they were saying yesterday your old man was a bit nervous before the race. How were, how, how were you? Were you in a better state of mind? Oh, look, I suppose both pretty pretty toey. Um, purely for the fact that uh, it's been well publicised that she had no absolutely no luck in our last preparation where we had some huge goals for her. So we um, just wanted to see her come back well. We knew she was... You know, going super at home, but uh, very soft yesterday still. And we just thought some of those horses that were a bit bit sort of race fit. And um, depending on how the track was, the track was perfect uh, in the end. So that was, you know, um, great. We were just a little bit concerned that she was extremely soft heading in as we sort of have a, you know, a deep winter for her. So there was a few nerves, but um, that was negated pretty quickly. She was brilliant during our winter and then you uh, tested the waters in Sydney and Melbourne and you outlined there, you, you alluded to the fact that uh, things didn't go her way 
on more than one occasion. Did it leave you and your dad feeling very frustrated that, you know, what might have been and, and so many times inconclusive? Well, you hit the nail on the head, to be fair. Um, yeah, five starts down in both states and first up run, I think it was in the tramway, raced really well and it was just probably a distance short of the best and, and without trying to stick the boot in too much, I think the next four rides probably left a lot to be desired, to be honest, um, which was quite um, a bit of a heartbreaker for us, you know, one of our sort of better horses in the stables going down there and we are watching from afar with all the border restrictions at that time um, and, you know, she was not getting the rub of the green whatsoever. So that was hugely, hugely frustrating and I think her record probably should be even better than uh, what it is at this time. Trent, I love the way when she presented yesterday and, and she did this, uh, well, she could still no clear running in all of those races in Sydney and Melbourne, but during the winter when she was presented with clear running, she actually lowers her head and she clearly attacks the line. I think you could see that yesterday. She had a big job to do with 59 on her back, giving plenty of weight all round, but she just wants to win, doesn't she? Yeah, that's right. And that's a sign of a good horse, Michael, as you would know that, they just get through their gears and then when they're at their top, you can actually see them get low and they really stretch and, and as you said, attack the line and she's no different. So, um, no, it was just really comforting to see her come back. Um, she had that 900-metre short jump out essentially a month ago uh, where she was really soft and we didn't ask anything of her and then um, has been hampered by the wet tracks and whatnot. So I think that's just a testament to her. She really really underdone there yesterday and was able to uh, topple them sort of off a moderate tempo and then scoot home over the top. So uh, it was just such a thrill. Our family were all up there. My, my grandfather, who lives in Scone, he come up for the weekend to watch her run. He's got a share in her, so it was pretty special. Yeah, excellent. You've been fairly transparent about where she's headed, the Coolmore Legacy, then then Hollandale, the Doombin Cup. Now, that's all we've heard. Does it? Do you pull up stumps after the Doombin Cup or do you contemplate anything further? Um, I suppose it just depends on results. That uh, Q22, um, it looks like a pretty nice race and obviously it'll be the first running of it. I think 720,000 to the winner. So we'll just take it run by run, really. Those those sort of runs with outlines, um, they're pretty much ironclad, but um, it'll obviously be performance sort of based and forms for expectation then um, that's all on the table and as I said that, that Q22 race um, after the Doom Cup would more than likely be a grand final if we have results for their way uh, earlier than that. How was she this morning Trent? She's really bright Maxie, she never ever leaves a dipper of feed um, she to be honest is a horse that I've, I've never seen a horse eat like her um, she went out for a, a light canner yesterday morning and a shampoo and whatnot. She was back in her box by 5 o'clock. Over the stables, had a look at her at 5.30 and um, all of her breakfast was gone and it's the same this morning. Turned up first thing there and she didn't have a, have a dipper left in, in the feed bin. So uh, she was really bright and, and took no harm from it. Lovely no improvement. sort of tallish, you know, not over tall, but she's just such an athletic filly. And uh, and to add further merit to that win yesterday, Trent, I was just looking at the times, um, the three-year-old race, rolling with the flow, lead and one. 
um, and and your mare, they ran very similar times over the 1350, but the difference is the last 600. Rolling with the flow, 35.28, and your mare coming from well off them, 34.15. So that just shows that class factor that we're talking about, I think. Yeah, that's exactly right, and I think that's a pretty pertinent point, you know. Um, they run 34.15. She was X amount of lengths off them and was able to pick them up. So um, essentially it was a bit of a jog early in the sprint home and she got the job done. You touched on riders before, um, somewhat disparagingly, but we understand that. What's the riding position with Vanna Girl when she goes to Sydney? Um, well, Brad's, Brad's out for a couple of weeks with a knee issue, um, hence why Robbie took over yesterday uh and we'll be chasing a sydney jock for for that race uh speaking to toby this morning i think glenn boss was quite keen to have a crack at us so um that'd be an ideal booking if we could get him that's not set in stone just yet but that'd be our preference obviously great mile rider at grant well great big race rider anywhere really but he's got a fantastic record the mile at ramwick and i'm sure he'd suit her down to the ground now before you go uh, the harrovian just tell us what's happening there uh, speaking pretty tentatively to the owners, uh, we're all keen to have a crack at the Stradbroke. Um, I would suggest we probably go one run in to just blow the cobwebs out and keep him essentially pretty fresh, whether that's sort of a, a, uh, BTC sprint or something like that, or, um, you know, one of those type of races and then sort of go a month between runs. I think that's a profile that sets up really well for him. He's out at our farm at the moment. he just come back in for three or four days to the stable upon flying back from Melbourne. Um, we didn't want to send him out there when, when the ground was underwater, obviously, and it's dried up enough now. So he went, went out yesterday morning, be out for a week, uh, possibly two, but um, no much, no, not much longer than that. And then uh, we can start to prep him for a Stradbroke tilt. I think uh, high pressure, good speed, 1,400. And, horse like him with no weight on his back, I think he can be quite explosive, um, you know, if we train him to sort of uh, get that sort of journey. Trent, um, is there one or two to follow from the stable? First of all, can you give me a comment on a, a horse called Debussy? <laughs> uh, yeah. This is another Maxworthy Secret Service. He knows something, Trent. <laughs> he, knows, he wants to find out, so tell him, well, make him happy. Go on. <laughs> well, I, I suppose you, 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 you would have all seen his trial um, the other day, and he was quite green. It's his first time on the bee grass at the Gold Coast there. And uh, Brad actually rode him, kicked him to the front, and he was fairly soft and, and trialled up really nicely. So he's going to trial again um, Tuesday, weather permitting, and and hopefully off to the race as we put our neck on the line and, and paid a stack of money for him, but he's just an absolute ripping colt. Um, you know, he's a half to that former smart mare of Chris Leeser that was six of seven, I think, smart melody, I think the name was. And, um, you know, he's got his fair share of ability too, so we don't really want to be going off too early. He's still got to get to the races and get the job done, but he's a, yeah, pretty nice colt. Well, that's good to hear. I've got no more questions for you. I don't need to know anything that doesn't need <laughs> See, to be broadcast. If I wasn't here, you'd have missed that information. Wouldn't have been yeah. vital information. Football, I'm the only one that hasn't <laughs> seen the trial. I better go and have a look at it after the show's over. Thanks for your time this morning, mate. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Trent. Cheers for that. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Trent Edmonds joining us. And uh, 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 
it's a new ball game, of course, in, in a couple of weeks' time with Vanagirl, but a, a good start to the campaign, a pleasing start of the yeah, campaign. Yeah, well, it's it's against uh, her own sex, Phillies and Mares, 1,600 metres at Randwick. She's proven with some of those performances where she couldn't get clear. She's right there with them. Um, she even ran third to think it over, over 2,000 at Randwick in the mm. Craven Plate. Um, so I think it's a, it's a group one, you know, uh, but the right kind of race for her. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think... When I, when I say the jury's out, I don't say that with any great disrespect, but um, I think she needs to... We need to see her at that interstate level be competitive. We've seen her competitive, but it would be nice to see a win on the board. Uh, and as we did say, that I think the, the, the spring campaign, whether it was Sydney or Melbourne, there was more probably questions than answers at the at the end of it, just through, you know, maybe... Ordinary rides and maybe bad luck on occasion. Just maybe a, a combination of both. Quite a few of them just totally inconclusive. You know, we're guessing a little bit, but but I think it's a good race for it. The last race favourite. So many people love the last race favourite. And yesterday at Doom and it was Lashes. There was a four in uh, in front of its uh, her name price-wise. That ended up down to $3.20. Heavily backed. Let's have a listen to the replay. By the 300 metres, and Fred hit the go button on the well-back lashes. It went to hold the line, who got the inside run. They beat off Rex, and then so taken. Royal Hale still trying to run on. Hold the line on the inside. Currently has got it from lashes. Then Guntone's at Royal Hale. Hold the line in front. Lashes is driving late. Here's the post. Photo. Lashes, I reckon, got up. Guntone's flew, and hold the line just peaked late. Then Royal Hale, followed by Arthur in charge from last. Then So Taken, Partners, Rex, Let's Party Marty, and the last trio, Metson, Zuda Z, and Katie's daughter, in a gallop of 110.5. It wasn't in front one stride from the post. It wasn't in front one stride after the post, but it was in it was front a, on the post. It was a lucky win. Lucky win. She had to run the 1,200, and when Holba Line dashed a length and a half in front, I thought... She can't win lashes. I was just thinking that 1,200-metre record, albeit she'd only had three starts over it and had performed well. She hadn't ticked the box, and I thought she was in a spot of bother. But if you want a jockey on that can encourage them over the line, there's none better than Robbie Fratty. He gets, he gets everything motion going forward, and she managed to get that nose right out where it counted. So we had uh, riding doubles yesterday. Yeah, to, uh, three Jim, of them. Jimmy Byrne, Mark Duplessis and uh, Robbie Fred, and training doubles to Chris Waller and David Van Dyke. Speaking of David Van Dyke and Mark Duplessis, I want to make mention of this horse. We own a smart one, well-named, uh, resumed in race six, looked good on a track that certainly, you know, had the edge off it, uh, broke one four and, and never looked like losing. Looks to have a bright future. Absolutely. He's a four-year-old, um, so, you know, the future's looking very bright for him. And, you know, when he took on le uh, Leadership Spill, who'd drawn barrier number one, when he sort of headed him off, I thought, gee, you're going pretty quickly if you're going to be doing that. And he over-raced a little bit. Then he came back underneath Mark. Uh, the move was back about three-quarters of a length off him. And I thought, well, you're going to need to be every bit as good as as we think, and maybe a little bit more. And he just dashed away on the rails. As you say, ran terrific time. He was tuned up. He's sort of um, looking at him as a very, very athletic horse that doesn't carry much in the way of condition. Mm. So what you see is what you get with him. And in an interview yesterday morning on on this radio station, um, radio station David had said that um, he wanted Mark to let him run. He said, I know there's a lot of speed in it, leadership spill, a couple of others, but I don't want him holding him up. I want to let him use his speed, let him run, and 
He got it absolutely spot on. And I was just looking at David Van Dyke's stats after yesterday from his last 50 runners. He's had 19 winners. Mm. Extraordinary. Excellent strike rate. Two Ralu was his other winner, and uh, she made full use of a good barrier. And she scooted along in front. They never caught her. That was the action at Doombin yesterday. Let's turn our attention now to Morfordville, whilst our carnival here in southeast Queensland is not too far away. It's a similar situation in Adelaide, uh, the big racing coming up but during April and the three big days in May. We had two listed events yesterday. Let's go to the Manor High Classic. This was the listed race for the sprinters. Leader, Little Rich Boy with Elderflower. Maliva, three out. Garner, they're back. Followed by Bramavi, Vahiro, Tubby, two tracks. Hummer, Hummer, extra time. Lil Contra. Liars lurking in behind them. Four from the speed. Calypso, Rain. They sprint up. Elderflower took over with Maliva. Hummer, Hummer, Garner are coming through. Further back, Bramavi, Vahiro. Maliva took the lead with 100 to run. Moved clear. Liars charging through late. Maliva in front from Liar. Hummer, Hummer, Maliva. Maliva wins a half a length to Liar. Photo third, Hummer Hummer, Bramavi Vahiro, Little Contra wider out. Sizzle Fly, then Garner. Extra time, Calypso Rain. Little Rich Boy Elder Flower tired. Bold Star, Tubby Two Tracks, Shimino. Super hard, one of the last. She wasn't expected to win. The market price told us had $21. It was a step up. She was good first up in a benchmark 78 running second, but this was a, a different ball game yesterday. But she really rose to the occasion, Believer. Trained in partnership by Dan Clark and Anupi McGilvray. Anna Usher, good to see Anna get a listed win on the board. And Believer was too good. Overcame a wide alley to get the prize. The other feature of the day, this was the First running of the Claire Lindop Stakes, formerly the Leilea Stakes, now named in honour of Claire for the three-year-old fillies over the mile. Here's the replay. 500 metres to run in the Claire Lindop Stakes and it's the grey ecumenical showing the way. Perfect Worlds within striking distance. Victory Bandit. Show us your motor. Nearer the inside, Glitzy Girl can come through. Now Scream Dreams unwinding. Another award further back. And Valinetti down the outside. Ecumenical joined by Perfect World, but she fights hard, Ecumenical. Perfect World, Victory Bandit. Then Spectacle and Valinetti. It's Ecumenical. She's bounced back to the winner's list today. Ecumenical from Perfect World. And I fancy third is Spectacle, ahead of Valinetti and Victory Bandit, then Biachi late, so Benet, show us your motor. Scream Dream was... Mick Huxtable only has a small team in work. He prepares his team out at Murray Bridge, but he's got an excellent strike rate. He's got a good filly here in Ecumenical. She was good enough to go to, the, go to Melbourne in the spring last year, and she ran fourth in the 1,000 guineas. She resumed the other day at Morfordville, had a tough run, but second up today and ridden positively by Jess Eaton. She came off the extreme outside gate, went to the front, controlled the tempo. It was clearly too good for them. She'll go to the Auraria and then the Australian Oaks. She was uh, the best filly on the day ecumenical. Jess Eaton, of course, leading the premiership there in Adelaide. So they were the highlights of racing at Morfordville yesterday. Mike, before we go, um, big race in Dubai, the result there? Yeah, Dubai World Cup, uh, $12 million race at Maydan, over 2,000 metres, and it was won by Godolphin. Uh, that was the 25th running of the Cup. Godolphin has won it nine times, incredibly. This year's winner, Mystic Guide, who was the favourite in an open betting affair. He's a chestnut, a four-year-old by Go Sapper from an AP Indy mare. 
um, trained in America by Mike Stidham, written by a Panamanian jockey, Louis Saez. So Mystic Guide won it, beating the Japanese runner, Chua Wizard. Third was Magni Kors, who's trained in France by Andre Fab, also for Godolphin. A Mystic Guide sat third. Um, he sort of loomed up three wide down the back stretch. Exposed, but not getting any kickback there. He hit the lead at the top of the straight at about the 500 and then moved away to score by three lengths. So he's a horse, obviously, world-class. Mystic Guide taking up a 25th running of the Dubai World Cup. Well, you're on racetrack duty Easter Sunday, so I won't see you till a fortnight. Yes, busy week coming up, so we've got Ipswich on Tuesday. Finally, that meeting's been rather, it's been postponed twice, but yeah, yeah. we've got Ipswich Tuesday, Doom and Wednesday. Wednesday, yep. Bodez at Thursday. Yes. You'll and Good there. Friday, Good Friday. Good Friday, and uh, of course, uh, Saturday. Saturday, we're at Eagle Farm. Next Monday, Easter Monday, we're at Doombin. But of course, from a feature point of view, the uh, Carnival in Sydney continues next week with the Tancred Stakes and the Vinery. Jared Wessel will be in the studio with me next Sunday, and I hope to have your company again. Until then, bye-bye.